We hadn't done it in a while. You can turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. I don't think a child of God ever hears the birth of Christ enough. So we'll read through Luke's account of the birth of Jesus Christ. Now this didn't start Jesus. You understand that? Jesus has been with God forever. But this started his mission with us here on this earth as he was born in a human body and with human characteristics. And as I've said before, there's all questions about Jesus and his miracles and all the things that he did. And I, I have to remind all of us this, that the thing Jesus had that allowed him to do all those so-called miracles that he did is in you also. We have the same Holy Spirit dwelling in us 24 hours a day that Jesus had in him. I was raised as a young'un that didn't know I was supposed to be like Jesus. Nobody ever told me that. But it's quite obvious when you get to studying the scriptures, that's what God intends. He was the first of the family called the church, the firstborn son. And he's all of our brother. And believing on him and the gospel that he has of dying for our sins and being raised on the third day and sit on the right hand of God interceding for us with God in heaven through the Holy Spirit that lives in us. He has a constant communication situation with our insides. And I'm compelled to preach that we don't make any decisions in our life in any day without first asking God and getting permission from Him to do what it is we intend to do. He will let you know. I guarantee that. So, having this Holy Spirit in us, the one that raised Him from the dead, is the most powerful thing in the world. And we have it. And we can be just like Him. But the one thing that I want to to say to keep down any questions or people who wonder about stuff like this, I do not believe Jesus performed any miracles until he was baptized in the Jordan by John the Baptist. That was when the Holy Spirit descended on him and he started performing these miracles. I don't believe he played tricks on the other little boys in the sandbox when he was five years old. And people ask me that stuff all day. But he didn't. Jesus was raised very much like one of us, except he did not have the old sin nature. So it wasn't natural for him to sin. And we have to deal with that every day. Every day. And we still do and will until we're face to face with him. So let's look at chapter 2 of Luke and verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. 
God's still working his way. There's no such thing as coincidences. Jesus needed to be, or Mary needed to be at Bethlehem, and he provided a worldly way for her to have to be there. And this taxing was first made with Cyrenius, was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone in his own city. And see, that's a neat thing there because you can look up when Cyrenius was the king of Syria and figure out what year it was in your history book. And all went to be taxed, everyone in his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth under Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. He was placed in a cow trough. That's where he spent his first few days. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. By the way, this thing of being having a cow trough for a crib. Jesus came into this world as a very poor child from a very poor family in very, very simple circumstances. And by the way, for those of you who don't know because of the Jewish law, I'm quite certain that the two of them stayed in this stall, in this cave, under the inn for about 40 or 45 days. They lived there. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. I'm sorry. And they were at the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now understand this too. The wise men came much later. There were no camels at the stable. That's put in all these things that they have, but that came months later when it says in our scripture they lived in a house. I don't know what house, but it said they were living in a house at the time. And the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. The shepherds were scared to death. People who lived out spent the night outside every night of the year. It scared them. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now understand one thing too. Everybody in that country had heard of the Savior was coming one day. They thought he was going to be something else. They had no idea he would have an humble birth. They thought he would come to clean out the Romans out of Jerusalem and out of that land of Israel. And they had no idea that he would come as quietly as he did because they thought he would come as a conquering king. And he will the next time. This is the first time he was, and the only time he was humble. When he comes back, he will be in the clouds, and then when he puts his feet on earth again, he will be on white horses, we will be with him, and he will be leading us into the war 
with evil at the Battle of Armageddon. So he's telling the shepherds, you've been hearing about it all these years, I want you to know he's in Bethlehem now, and you'll find him in a stall, in a stable. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That must have been a sight. Another thing I'd like to point out, although he came in a very meager way to come into this world, the people who were first announced that Jesus was here were shepherds. Shepherds were like carnies now, as Mama used to call them. They were people that didn't have a home. They didn't live in one place. And they were considered very, very low-class men in the community. And Jesus announced his birth to them first. Makes my skin crawl. Jesus came in a manger, dealt with the most common of people. The Pharisees kept picking at him that he ate with sinners and took up with prostitutes and thieves. And he did because that's who he came to save. He said he didn't come to save folks that was good. He came to save those that had problems. And then, remember this, and it's not in here. When he died, they put him in a barred tomb. The whole time he had a ministry, as far as I can tell, because he said he didn't have a home like the foxes did. He told one guy that was coming with him, he said, I don't have a home to invite you into to stay with me. He came in a stable, dealt with the lowest people that were in our community and culture, and he left here in a barred tomb. He did that for us, people. He did that, I think, to show us you don't have to have a bunch of money to do what he did. You can be the poorest person in the whole world and still have what Jesus Christ had. Saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. They told everybody they saw in the streets of Bethlehem, do you know who's down there in this cave under this, this, this inn? He's the Messiah. He's the Savior of the world. This baby is down there, and that's him. I wondered who, who would have believed that bunch of shepherds. <laughs> Or, you know, they live out in the fields all the time anyhow and stay up all night and don't have houses. They said if they needed a place, they dug holes in the hills and crawled into a, a, a clay cave. It was soft stone. And that's all they had. 
So I'm no surprise that not many people believed it because they were looking for something entirely different. And all they had heard it wondered at these things which were told them by the shepherds. See, they wondered. Wonder if these guys know what they're talking about. Because I imagine when you looked at Jesus, he was no different than any other baby. If you had to put one in a manger, he wouldn't be any different. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Have you ever stopped to think about how many things when Mary was told what was in her womb and what he would be and that she was going to be the mother of the Messiah? Can you imagine how many things this young girl, and it was a girl, how many things she wondered about and pondered about all those years as her son was growing up? Of course, she had several more, too. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. If it wasn't for Jesus, it'd be a pretty wild story, wouldn't it? But you know, we've got the book. I've run into people that never read the book. Not one time. Not any part of it. They didn't know that story. And we probably wouldn't know it either. Maybe if it wasn't for this book and the way it's been preserved all these years. This was one of the first New Testament stories that was put in, that was entered into the Bible. Probably came along about, probably in the late 30s A.D. And Luke, the historian of the group, an educated man, a doctor, was the one that shared us that part of the story. It's in one other book, in Matthew, but it's not in Mark and John. They gave us all we had and all we needed to know, I'm sure, about Jesus Christ and Him coming here and putting on the form of a man, flesh and blood, thinking the same things we did, having the same concerns that we have. When a donkey stepped on his foot, it hurt just as bad as it did mine or yours. But he says in Hebrews, he had to do that in order to know just exactly what went on inside of us so he could represent us to God the Father and tell God about how we felt. What better person to explain to a holy God how people, flesh and blood, humans, felt about certain things. He was the only one qualified to stand between a human being and a holy God. And he did everything it took. And he told the Lord, that, or told God that night, his father, I wish there was some way I didn't have to do this, but I want it to be what you want done because I know that's perfect. And God says in another place, 
that he never was disobedient. Never one time was Jesus ever disobedient to his father. He was perfect. He did everything that his father told him to do. Like I said, that started this all for us. And it's one reason why I believe we don't have to have all the pomp and circumstance to be known as a child of God. And I'm saying this to you. Whoever you feel led to share Jesus Christ with, that's because of the Holy Spirit in you. And it doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter how much trouble they've been in, how much trouble they've seen, or what they're doing right now. They need Jesus. Now, whether they'll accept him or not, we don't know. But I've told you the stories of a couple of the guys that God told me share share Christ with them. I said, man, I don't even know him. And this is a bad-looking guy. I mean, one of them was an ex-con, and I didn't know for sure what he'd do if I said something to him, but God told me, tell him. And one of them accepted, and one of them didn't. But they were rough people. And it was the most amazing thing to see that boy that accepted Jesus Christ as Savior and him experiencing the things that we experience but him never having any church or any language to know how to share it with anybody. He didn't know what was going on. He just knew his heart was different. And he'd come running to me every time he was tempted to do something and something inside of him told him not to do it. And I told him, I got a chance to explain to him that was the Holy Spirit speaking to him. So this Christmas season, if we've got time to sing some more, we can if you like. But this Christmas season, please remember that God chose to introduce his son into the world this way. He didn't want it any other way. And Jesus was very well associated with the low people, the people who had no claim to fame whatsoever and still today does. So don't feel anybody is in too bad a trouble to share Christ with who has so little money that you can't share Christ with them. Because what they need is Jesus. And we are the only way they can get Jesus on this earth. Somebody that has Jesus has to show them how you can get Jesus. And I'm saying this, if you have Jesus today, you know how to tell somebody else how to get him because you got him yourself. It's no big deal. It's the easiest thing in the world. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time that we can get together and study about our Savior and your Son, Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, in your wisdom that you did what needed to be done with him and the way you brought him into this place. And when we see him again, he won't be like that. He'll have all the glory that he had before he came here that he had while he was with you. And we thank you for that. Teach us, Lord, 
not to treat him halfway, but to be completely sold out to him and everything that he does. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.